You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Welcome to Aging Starts Now. I'm Barbara McGinnis, Certified Elder Law Attorney and Partner at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Today, we're talking about the promise, the promise that caregivers sometimes make to their their loved one. Uh, Whether you've been a caregiver, whether you've made that promise or not, it's important to remember why you signed on as a caregiver in the first place. You wanted to make sure that your loved one is taken care of. There are a few promises related to caregiving, but the one I want to talk about today is the I promise to never put you in the nursing home promise. With me today to discuss uh, this caregiver promise is licensed clinical social worker Deborah King and certified elder care coordinator Patty Bedwell. Both work with me here at Takis McGinnis, and we deal with this a good bit, don't we, ladies? How often do you hear from spouses or children, I promise that I would never put my loved one in a nursing home? Patty, you ever hear that? Oh, yeah, I hear it just a little bit too often. Uh, and promises, I believe, uh, like this are usually made before the people that are making the promises really understand the full impact. But sadly, we do hear this all the time. I think, too, some of those promises are made based on misinformation. Um, they remember their parent or grandparent in the situation they were in and don't realize how things have changed. You mean like the facilities or the options for care now, right? right? Absolutely, yes. Talk some more about that. Well, um, in the old days, um, people went, people had family, multi-generational families around them, so they, for in many circumstances, were able to take care of their loved ones at home. And then the nursing homes developed, and and that was kind of where you went to die. Um, And people stayed in nursing homes a long time, um, and they were very institutional. um, and, And there was a feeling of you're not doing a good job if your loved one has to go to a nursing home. And and today, um, care needs have changed and nursing homes do serve a role for those high-level care clients, care people who need a lot of nursing care. But as we discussed or will discuss, there's a lot of other options before you get to that point. Right. And we know that there are good facilities and some of that are not so great, but there are good care options in facilities now. And there are additional supports available in the communities. Patty, isn't that part of what a care coordinator helps families with or finding those um, care options? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that we do. We try to help the families get the care that that their loved one needs. Um, And you know, looking for care options at home is a really important thing. 
Because if you can keep the person at home, if you can get their care at home, then, you know, it seems to work out better for everyone, the resident or the person involved, as well as the family. Um, So really knowing where those options are, there's so many available. There's home health, um, home health agencies that will come out and help. There's um, daycare options, you know, so uh, people do have somewhere that they can take a loved one for a few hours at a time. Um, there's all sorts of things available now, but if you don't know they're there, then, you know, they're they're not very useful to you. So that's right. You, th- you think you're just not stuck, but you think you're limited to literally providing hands-on care yourself to keep that person at home. So there are some ways that you can actually keep that promise. Some circumstances, depending on the condition um, of of your loved one, can you keep them at home? It's not that it's never possible. It's just not always possible. And sometimes you shouldn't keep that promise. Is is that fair, Deborah? That there's times that you shouldn't keep that promise? You shouldn't or you can't. Absolutely. Um, again, going back to what kind of, what is best for the person who needs care? Um, we know that at some clients, especially dementia clients, um, often do better in a, a social environment where they can get socialization and, and more types of activities and stimulation, whether that's in a nursing home or assisted living or memory care facility. Um, oftentimes, um, when the care starts hurting the caregiver, where you have an elderly spouse that's taking care of an elderly spouse or taking care of their parent, um, and it's they're not able to address their own personal needs or they have health issues that interfere with their ability to care for someone, then placement may be an, an, a necessary option. I think you also have situations having come from the hospital when, um, at least in the short run, people need the short-term care in a nursing home, in a skilled nursing facility for the rehab, but sometimes they don't rehab like we would like them to, and staying in a a long-term care facility is often the best option for that family. doesn't mean they stop caring for their loved one. It just means that they're in a different situation, and, and they can go home and get a few hours of sleep. You know, I have, um, I was talking to to Chris Johnson yesterday about a a new client that um, the family is actually thinking that they're doing the right thing by keeping mom living at home with them. And mom's really bored out of her mind um, staying Mm -hmm. at home. She would welcome she doesn't need a lot of hands-on care, but would welcome living in an uh, independent living setting where she can be a little more independent, have uh, have her own room and space and not feel like she's just uh, relegated to her bedroom at her daughter's house or um, being able to socialize with people of her own age. Sometimes you know, it's like you said, you have to think about what's best for the person and everybody's unique and different. And the other thing that's 
different is what's available in your community sometimes makes helps you make these decisions as well. So what else to goes into deciding how do I decide or how do I know it's time to quote unquote break my promise that it's just maybe what I need to do. Patty, what do you tell people? Well, I, I believe when you go into caregiving, I think it's very important for you to know what your limits are. What are you able to handle and how far can you go down this caregiving journey? And that, that's different, you know, for, uh, uh, for different people. But you need to figure out where that line is. Maybe it's when your loved one becomes incontinent. Maybe it's when they become, they don't know you anymore or whatever that is. You need to know what that limit is and you need to tell that to someone so that they can remind you of it. Because what often happens with caregivers is they kind of get stuck in their caregiving role and they can't, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, can't see the forest for the trees. So they don't always know that they're, uh, that they have reached that point. And I think I've heard both of you talk to uh, family caregivers about you, you can rally around and do a, a lot of intensive caregiving if um, for a short period of time, maybe in a hospice-like situation. But when you're dealing with a dementia patient and we're just on that dementia trajectory, it, you need a sustainable plan because this could go on for years. That's exactly right. And it's not sustainable for that caregiver because that is a really high level of uh, stress as well as a high level of activity when you're um, dealing with someone with dementia, advancing dementia on a daily basis. And I've uh, recently, actually this happened this week, been working with a, a family and the, the wife is very hesitant on, on placing, very distraught over the thought of having to place her husband. But a situation presented itself that kind of forced a placement. And when I talked with her last night, she could not believe how well her husband was adjusting. He was interacting with other residents. He was engaged in some activities. And his main problem, as you mentioned about the person you spoke of, Barbara, he has been bored. Mm -hmm. So this has been a wonderfully eye-opening experience. And I do believe um, a lot of people would see that as well for their loved ones. Well, I think... um, Deb, do you have any tips of how you counsel families about letting themselves off that hook? You know, they um, they feel terribly guilty. What, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, guilt is a is a big feeling in these situations, and and you know, it's been proven that this is one of the most difficult situations decisions a wife or a family member would make is to place someone in a facility. Um, It's scary because you don't know what happens when you're not there. And oftentimes your loved one can't tell you what happens. Um, And and that, that does help add to the reservations of doing that. But always remember that 
you are still in charge and you are still the primary caregiver. That even if you're not doing the hands-on care all the time, you're still making sure those other people are doing what they're supposed to do, that your loved one is cared for. Um, Recognizing the give and take that they might not do it like you do, but it's okay. Um, as Patty says, as as long as everyone is is getting what they need, um, you need to recognize that it's for the person who's being cared for. Sometimes the decision has to be made that what's in the best interest of the one being cared for as opposed to what the caregiver's needs or wants are. The best tip is always to never make that promise or avoid, you know, mom or dad, I'll always take care of you. Um, I promise you will get the best care that we can manage. Um, You're still allowing that the care will be given. It just might not be with your hands. There's some people that aren't good caregivers or some people that their lifestyle doesn't allow them. You know, they're still working. They're still traveling. So, and I think, Finally, I would say to remember that um, your loved one's not in jail. You know, just because they're placed in a facility doesn't mean they can't come out to holiday gatherings or go to the ball game as they're physically and mentally able. Yes. So uh, it, it's a hard thing to, to say when you're talking to a parent sometimes and they're asking you, you know, they're asking you to promise please promise me you'll never put me in a home. It's like, I I may not be able to promise that, but I can promise that you will always be taken care of and I'll always be there for you. Yes. And finding those right words, because I think a lot of times the promises are made because people have no idea of what they're getting themselves into um, and they think they can do it. They don't realize what's to come, what kind of care needs might develop. Exactly. How long it's going to go on. And how long it's going to go on. Mm -hmm. Well, great stuff. Uh, Thanks for talking with me about that today. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 